0: Right, We're all taking right. all the best old school wisdom and blending it with the top new school methods to bring you the optimal coaching strategies. This, this, this is the eighty twenty Baseball Podcast with Coach Bo. It is great to be here with all of you coaches, parents listening in the 8020 Baseball Podcast slash Masterclass. Coach Bo here with you. Last week, we got into part one of a three part series where we're breaking down how to maximize and utilize and best and get the most out of private lessons, one on one and small group lessons. So go back and listen to episode 130. We discussed part one of the series. We really hit on how group lessons can be more cost effective and many cases they can be more fun. Keep in mind I'm not saying they're more productive, although they can be if they're run correctly and if you get the right group and the right coach, the right trainer. More often than not, they're probably a little less productive, but when you factor in the cost benefit of doing it that way and the fun factor of having peers out there, teammates of the player of your kid, of your son out there, daughter out there, that can really make it a better option for a lot of kids out there. This week in part 2 of this three-part series, we are going to discuss, I'm going to share with you two tips that you can use. One, to get more right off the bat, right off the bat to get more out of your lesson, to increase the productivity that's within your control. And then part two, how to get to a quality coach sooner, how to make sure you're with a quality coach and at least get the coach, the trainer that you're working with, that you have your son or daughter going to. And in most cases, it's sons playing baseball, but I understand there's girls playing baseball. And at the end of the day, softball and baseball are not that much different. There, I get it. There are differences, of course, but In a lot of ways, they're not that much different. So you can extrapolate and you can take from what I'm saying when I say your son, you can say daughter, or I'm just saying it for the brevity's sake. Same with baseball, softball, you can just fill it in as you see that fits you best. With that said, there's a way to go about, and I'm going to share this with you there's a way to go about to get more out of the trainer, the coach, the professional, the ex college player in your area, in your town that might be, or is somebody that you're going to get private lessons from with your son. Also, if you're listening to this and you are a coach, Coach that gives private lessons. Well, you're getting some nice freebies right here that are really gonna help up your game as a coach, as a trainer, not a team coach, but this is more that one-on-one or small group setting. Shout out to all the under 27 year olds. You know, I got on here, I don't know how many episodes ago, a long time ago, and I was sharing out with all of you. I thought, uh, I saw an interesting stat. I see the numbers that come through and I don't check them every week, but every couple of weeks or once every three or four weeks, I go on there and I look at the demographics I look at the, you know, because I really want to know who I'm speaking to and I want to know who this resonates to because then that's what I want to tailor this to, who it resonates with and that's who I want to work with. That's who I want to, and it's all of you that are listening. And the the large demo is male dads that are in that 30 to 50 year old range, but we definitely have some outside of that. And in fact, I got on here and I said, hey, it's interesting. I have the under 27 year old crowd of listeners was at 4% a year ago. It was at 4% a year ago. And now it's up to thirteen percent of the listener base is under twenty-seven. Again, that's not really truly who I'm speaking to. Those are probably coaches or players, young coaches that are starting off, that are getting a lot out of this, I'm sure, and players. So I thought that was cool. Not that not and nothing against you, young twenty-year-olds or players that are still playing. Nothing against you. Love it. I love it because you are going to get a ton out of this podcast. Almost all of it's applicable to players in a way, but this is really for youth coaches, dads. So moms. We do have some moms listening for sure that want to be better coaches. But as a dad or as a parent or as a mom, your kid may want to get these private lessons or these small group one-on-one lessons. And that's why I wanted to do this three-part series. I saw some questions out there on the in the ether that revolved around this, that were questions about that coaching, that one-on-one coaching, especially as we get into the summer. And I know some of those Northern states right now are really going full bore with their season. But if you're in California, Texas, Florida, the Southern states. And there's a lot of Southern states. I just mentioned those because they're the bigger ones. But Southern states, you start to get into the off season a little bit more here in the next month or so, and you're looking for some one-on-one private lessons. And definitely into the fall, that's a good time to really get those lessons if you can get those. And last week, I talked about how to make it more affordable and how to make it a little more fun as we hit on just a little bit ago in this podcast. This week, I want to share out a couple things. And it's going to be a quick episode today, only because I'm flying out of state for work twice in the last two weeks so I'm out of state and so as most of you can understand when you get really busy with work or you haven't extended or you're out of town on work or you're flying and staying at a hotel this has become a little more challenging to get everything done exactly as you normally do so with that said I hope you understand so probably be like a 20 minuter but I promise it will be good first up you take your son you take your small group of players maybe a couple players your son and maybe your two sons or maybe your two daughters or maybe your small your your son with a couple of his buddies his teammates out to a group lesson or you're doing the one-on-one private lesson, get them warmed up, full go before the lesson official start time, before the clock starts on that lesson that you're paying for. And in a lot of cases, it can be quite pricey. Before you start, get them ready to go, full bore, full go, 100% max intensity, ready to go. What do I mean by that? They should be full body warmed up. I'm a big fan of the dynamic warm up. They should be full throwing arm, throwing routine. If they're doing a pitching lesson, they should be ready to go with that. If they're hitting, they should have their swing ready to rock. They should have already taken a good handful of full on swings. They should be able to walk into that cage, out onto that field, into that bullpen, ready to go, full go. This is a big deal. I'll tell you what, I gave hundreds and hundreds, if not thousands of lessons over the years. And I spent a lot of time warming players up. And I would ask, Them, hey, can you warm up before? Because I have to charge you for the time in terms of like extending out. Now, I would give discounts on some of this as far as a warm up routine. Say, hey, let's do a 45 minute lesson instead of 30. Charge you a little bit more, but I can warm you up. We can do a throwing routine. At the time, I was doing pitching lessons, and I'd factor that in and try to be nice about it because I knew maybe the parents couldn't do it or they didn't have the time or the physical capability. But those dads or moms that had their kids ready to go, they were warmed up, ready to go, their arm was ready to rock. got a lot more out of it because it was get in there and let's go ready to go ready to learn ready to improve the skills rather than warming up this sounds like a little thing it's a huge thing especially when you have a okay let's back up so a typical warm-up for a player or a team could easily be at least 10 minutes if not up to 20 minutes if you factor in say a throwing routine and a dynamic warm-up a warm-up session if you factor that in, it could easily be 10 to 20 minutes of time well the going rate for a 30 minute a 45 minute or one hour lesson is pretty steep in a lot of places. And the better the coach, the better the quality of the coach, the more impacted they are with their schedule, the more it's going to cost. So do not waste any of that precious time learning the skill or getting coached by warming up. Be ready to go. Full go. Ready to rock. You are ready to throw your fastest fastball. If the arm is ready to go and it's that time of year and you're healthy. I'm assuming, okay, let's assume everybody's healthy and it's full go time. They should be full sprint, full swing, full throw, ready to go, no warm up, no on ramp, that they should be ready, full speed. They're hitting that freeway. It's like the worst, and I'm gonna I'm gonna tie this into freeway traffic in LA. I know a lot of you've been by or you live by freeways, and it's not all Los Angeles. I get a lot of listeners actually spread out. In fact, last week I gave a shout out to the Canadian listeners. We got we got listeners all over the world, but spending almost 40 years. LA, the worst thing for a driver on the freeway would be, well, one of the worst things would be the on-ramp, the oncoming or the, I should say, incoming traffic coming onto the freeway much slower than the flow of traffic. So the flow of traffic in LA when there's not a bunch of traffic, when it's actually moving, which is rare, say it's 70 to 75 miles an hour on average, right? I know there's definitely faster than that. And there's a few slower than that, not many. But the incoming traffic, the worst was when the incoming traffic would come on at like 50 miles Miles an hour, or worse, 45 miles an hour, they'd come on the freeway at that speed. If they weren't coming on full speed, it caused a problem. And the same thing goes with these lessons that are already short by nature. I talked about this with team practices. If your team practice is five to seven, I've been out front and say, you should have the players warmed up before that field time starts. So if you have the field from five to seven, you should be ready to jump on the field and go full go at five o'clock. Warm ups can pretty much take place anywhere, or at least on any patch of grass where a baseball field is a little more unique in terms of how you can utilize it for a practice or a pitching mound or a pitching lesson or a batting cage. Make sure you're ready to go early, just like you would with your team. I would have your team ready to go. I would say if you practice from five to seven, you you start practice at 4.45, ready to go. So you get on the field, you're ready to use the field for the full two hours. Not a big fan of extended long-term, you know, long practices by any means, but a two-hour practice is not long and just adding 15 minutes on there to maximize your precious field time especially in youth baseball, where that field time, that practice time can be quite hard to come by. and The same thing goes with these private lessons. Be ready to go. Even if they don't ask you, even if the coach that you're getting the training from doesn't have you, your, you know, your son getting ready, or should I say they don't recommend it or whatever, just take it upon yourself. Make sure they're ready to go. If it's a hitting lesson, they should be able to go full swing. Definitely some sprints in there, getting full body temperature rise going. If it's throwing, the throwing routine should be finished. At least, to a certain point and if you can't play catch out to a certain distance with your son you can definitely do some short hop stuff so most of you can play catch with your son especially youth baseball out as far as they can if not short hop it if your arm's not feeling good or you got a bum arm and i get it some dads just you don't have bum arms and or they just never they don't have the arm strength to maybe chuck it with their 13 year old son i get it so it happens but you can one hop it you can throw them ground balls back get it done find a way to make sure that they're warmed up so when they step out there for that lesson you're not wasting money. Money on warm-ups, you're getting them better. You're paying for skill development, not heart rate increase in warm-up stuff. All right, that's a big one. That's a big one. Now, when you find a coach, last week we hit on a couple things with this. Don't, don't get teased by the resume. Don't fall for the resume tease. When you're picking players for your team, don't fall for the talent tease. Go watch draft day. I've recommended it. That's the talent tease. But don't fall for the resume tease. You see this a lot in business, you see this a lot in the world. The resume is attractive, and in a lot of ways, that resume can. And predict a great future if it's a great resume. It could be a great indicator of what's to come. But I've seen a lot of cases, especially with youth baseball coaching and training and private lessons. I've seen that resume not get the same results as some coach or some coaches that don't have that resume. Now, I'm not saying it's either one or the other. What I'm saying is don't fall for the resume tease. You want production, you want a coach that's getting players better, and those players are having fun and wanting to go back, regardless of what their career looked like in the major leagues or the minor leagues or this, that, or they're a Hall of Fame coach or not. What you want is production and you want your kid to have fun while they're doing it. When you get out there, I think it's very important to ask. And see, you're taking your kid out there because you want to help the expertise of somebody else it's probably out of your field of expertise, right? So you're taking them out there and you should feel comfortable asking what their process is, what's their recipe, what's their plan? Because this is something I've seen a lot with coaches that are good coaches, that are nice coaches, that had good careers or, or decent careers in baseball, and they're kind of patchworking their lessons together. There's no format. There's no process. There's no recipe. Of course, it's not supposed to be cookie cutter. It's not supposed to be a cookie cutter approach, but there should be a template. There should be a framework that they're working on because how can they measure their success as a coach if they don't have a framework or a template or a process to test? You can't assess something that you don't even know is, right? And so I think that goes, we've talked about results. And if you're not measuring something, you you can't improve something unless you measure it. And having a process, a recipe, a framework, A template is something that gives coaches. And and this goes for youth youth coaches that are, if you're coaching a team, you have to have something to measure. And I think it's important to ask this of the coach that's giving private lessons. It's important to ask them what their process, their template, their framework is. They should be able to give you something that you can assess, even if it's not too deep of an an assessment. You should be able to assess whether they have a plan or a process that they're trying to follow, or they just kind of throw on stuff at the wall and hoping it sticks. Now, again, this isn't cookie cutter and I know it's going to be, it should be different depending on the kid, depending on the player, but there should be a process or a recipe, a template, a framework that they're following or at least have in mind before they start lessons with players. And this could be a lesson by lesson template or framework, and they should have a progressive step-by-step framework or template that they follow. It doesn't have to be exact. And of course, the older the coach, typically the better this is going to be ironed and polished out. It's going to be polished up a little bit more the older the coach. The younger coach might be out there trying to figure things out, but they should not just show up to the field without a plan, without a process. And if they do, you might get some nuggets. Your player might get something out of it from time time to time. They may get a really great tip one week, but then there might be three or four weeks where there's no progress because the ebbs and flows. There's, it's it's not a consistent prog- uh, progression. It's not a consistent progression. And what you're looking for is the coach is building off last week. They're building off each week as they move forward with their player, with your son, with their small group of players. So I do think it's important to ask what their process recipe framework template is when you get out there. What are their plans? What, what do they typically follow? And I would wouldn't say it needs to be scripted perfectly all the way from A to Z for your kid to start, nor should it be. But you're going to gather really quick if they have a step-by-step approach or it's thought out. And if it's not, you may really think this coach is really good and, and, has a, and maybe they're getting some quality results with certain players, but maybe that's inconsistent. At the end of the day, all you want is to make sure you get good results for your kid and they have fun. Good results for your player and they have fun also. Those two go together. And this may, this discussion, could motivate a coach who's maybe a younger coach that just got out of pro ball, has a good background, a good idea of baseball, but maybe they need somebody to say that up up front, like, hey, or they need it brought to their attention. Like you need to have a framework or some kind of template for this. You really do. I I don't think you can go out there and give lessons without those two processes or processes set forth or predetermined or preset. They don't have to be a 50 page, a 20 page blueprint. Okay. Individual lesson framework should be clear that coach coach should know exactly how they're going to run their lesson from minute to minute. And that will vary depending on the needs of the player, of course, but they should have a, an idea and some ways to adjust that. But they should know a, approximately what their lesson is going to lay out looking like. And then they should have a progressive path, an improvement path over time, set forth over time. So the first two weeks or the first month or the second month or month one and two, we're going to do this or month three and four or however the coach lays it out is okay as long as they get results and they actually have something to lay out for you, something to tell you and share with you. I think this is important. It's a quick red flag. It's an immediate red flag. If they're just going out there with a bucket of balls and having you throw some stuff and and just there's no building upon it, they should be able to articulate it. And it's also good for them because if you bring it up and say, this is important that we have a plan, we have a process. If it varies and it moves and we pivot, that's cool, but we should have a direction that we're trying to go with this and a step-by-step approach rather than just like, ah, let's start throwing the ball and see what happens. Let's just start chucking and adjusting. You don't want the chuck and adjust. You don't want to chuck and adjust, chuck and adjust. You want a, a methodical plan that surely can pivot and be malleable. So I think we're going to leave it right there. I think those two things are really going to be useful. For anybody going out there for private lessons or small group lessons. In fact, you could ask this question of a coach that's coaching a team. Say you're not the coach and your kid is on a team next year, and you're not the coach, and you're not an assistant, why can't you ask them politely, hey, what's the, what's the plan? What's the process? What's the template? What's our practice, typical practice going to look like? And this is good. And even if it doesn't sound good right away, at least you can get their mind going on this, and you can get them thinking and pondering and putting together something. I had a good friend interview for a high-level college baseball job, a pretty high-level assistant job. And up front, there was the, hey, what's your what's your plan? Where's your basically, where's your blueprint? And at that level, it's somewhat drawn out, right? It's an in-depth plan. It was a pitching deal. Like what's your plan? What's your process? You need to have it laid out page by page by page. And each component of what you're going to coach needs to be laid out either step-by-step step or day-by-day, day, a calendar, etc. And that was put forth. And so at the time, my friend didn't have all that done. He didn't have a, a massive blueprint. He had a pretty good little blueprint, but not this full scale blueprint. But you know what he did? That taught that discussion got him going on it. And then he went and worked and put one together. So it doesn't hurt. At the end of the day, the coach at least gets him thinking about that moving forward. So if it is, if you, especially if you're, you're limited with your options in your area, if you're looking to get that private coaching, that ex pro coaching, the high level college coach in your area or the hall of fame high school coach, that's in your area, the quality coach that's in your area that gives out lessons and their time is a little more fine, a little more limited. It doesn't hurt because now you can actually get more out of them. Even though you're, even though you really don't have a lot of options outside. of that or I should say because you don't have a lot of options outside of that you can get more out of that person in your area you can get them better and then everybody wins from it so definitely want your kid warmed up before that start time warmed up before the start time in fact I would have them warmed up with about five minutes to spare and then I would get some water and let them recover a little bit for a few minutes and then they're ready to go into their lesson because their lesson should be a lot of quality reps a lot of good discussion things like that get them ready Typically takes about, let's say 15 minutes should be good. A 15 to 20 minute routine where they are ready to go full bore for those hitting lessons, those pitching and the throwing is going to take a little longer than hitting in terms of getting the arm and going through a throwing routine. But you want to be ready, take a, about a five minute, four to five minute break before the lesson starts, get some water, catch a breath and then get ready to go. And when you're out there, ask the coach, what is their process? What's their framework? What's their template? What's their recipe? And ask them, just be polite about it. Say, Hey, how's this work? So, What is your, what's the progression of this? What's a, you know, the lesson, day-to-day lesson, or I should say week-to-week lesson look like? Okay. I was excited to bring this series to you. I know this is part two. Next week, part three, we're going to hit on a couple last really important things that will help you get the most out of private lessons. If you're a coach giving private lessons, this will help you give better private lessons. So I'm looking forward to seeing you all back here next week, the 8020 Baseball podcast slash masterclass. Head over to 8020 Baseball. I got the new updated drill design guide 2.0. Again, this is a no brainer. It's ready to go. I have the web website set up. You put your email, it sends it right to your email. You get it delivered to you right away. It's right there on the homepage. I got about a dozen videos over there. Another dozen articles. We got this podcast with 131 episodes now. We got that drill mastery guide. I got a rules guide over there for you. Ready to use print and play, print and go, rules guide, and bringing out some more stuff. I'm working on building a couple courses that I'm really excited about. These are going to be coaching courses and they're going to respect your time. They're going to give you a lot of information fast, but they're actually going to be in the format of a a course, but not something this long, semester-long course. No, it's going to be a crash course, but an effective, really high-quality course, working on those right now to have those ready to go before the fall, and those will be over there when they are ready. You can always email me, coachboe at 8020baseball.com. Email me. I love talking to coaches. Throughout the week, I get emails. I'm talking to coaches. It's fun. I like to talk to you. I like to have a, a real good pulse on what's going and working for you and what the struggles are, so reach out. Bo at 8020baseball.com. That goes directly to my inbox. You can follow me on Twitter, 8020 underscore baseball, 8020 underscore baseball. I'm not a big social media person, but I try to get on there and share out what I can. I try to get on there and retweet good feeds, good articles, good videos that I find from other quality coaches. So if I retweet something, I'm just telling you right now, I think that's something you should really take a look at and try to go, hey, what's behind it? Sometimes I'll add a little quote and a reason why I'm retweeting it. I'm trying to get on Facebook a little. A bit more and get into the coaching groups and offer some things. I'm thinking about putting a little coaching group together or kind of a private coaching group together for all the listeners. So I'm working on some of that in the background. And as always, it's awesome to be here with all of you. I look forward to being here next week with you. Hey, if you wouldn't mind going to leave a quick rating or review for the podcast on this, that would be great. You know, I don't ask a lot for this stuff. I'm pretty, I'm pretty low key on this, but that really would help if you just take, the, take a couple seconds, take a couple minutes, just leave a, a review or a rating on there. That would really be awesome and to share this out with any of your your friends that coach or other dads or moms that you know it'd be really great i appreciate that and until next week you know what i'm gonna say here take care of your health take care of that health your foundation and then take care of your family your close circle of friends take this information go out there make the baseball community a better place leave it a better place give a better experience to those kids that we should be trying to do better for it's time that the baseball community takes a big leap forward because it, it had been it's, it's not going in the best of directions and it's up to us to really take the baseball community in a much better direction and with this information that's where you'll take it and until next week adios this has been the 80 20 baseball masterclass take it to the field